Well, hey guys, welcome to The Messy Table, an ordinary space for real women, imperfect stories, and the God who's constantly in the trenches with us, working in and through our mess. And this podcast exists simply because we all need a little backup, don't we? We all need to be encouraged as well as reminded of the truth. We all need the good news of the gospel to be repeated to us over and over again, to renew our minds every single day. Well, I'm your host, Jen Jewell, and with me today as my co-host is my good friend, Amy Groeschel. And as you know, The Messy Table is partnered with our church, Life Church, and our women's ministry sisters. We're also huge fans of the YouVersion Bible app, God's Word in Our Pockets, for free in hundreds of languages wherever we go. So if you don't already have that downloaded on your phone, you should do that right now or right after this episode. And while you're at it, you can subscribe to The Messy Table also for free so that every other Tuesday, a brand new episode drops straight to your phone. You can also join The Messy Table community, our email list at jenjewel.com and get those coming straight to your inbox. Well, y'all, there is no need for coffee today. And you know I rarely say that, but it's because Christine Kane is in the house. And I know you might be thinking, what, no coffee? But listen, you can totally have your coffee if you want. I'm just saying you won't need it. Chris was actually here just a few weeks ago, pouring into our staff and spouses as well as speaking to our whole church. We like to joke that she's our sassy, spunky aunt who shows up from the other side of the world to encourage us and also to give us a firm kick in the pants because sometimes that's exactly what we need. And while she was in town, Amy and I got to steal her away for a bit to have this chat just for you here at The Messy Table. So whether you're traveling for work, nursing a baby, out running errands, or maybe on the treadmill at the gym, get ready, you are in for a treat. If for some crazy reason you're not already familiar with Christine, she is a powerhouse because of the power of God at work inside of her. She's also a wife and mom, or mum, as they say down under in Australia. She and her husband, Nick, founded the global anti-human trafficking organization, the A21 campaign, which is hands down absolutely incredible. They also lead Propel Women, which exists to activate every woman to make an impact in her world for the kingdom. Of course, we're all about that here at The Messy Table. And Christine is the author of several life-changing books, including one of her most popular, Unashamed, and her most recent, Unexpected. Today, we're talking about how to actually live free from that guilt and shame, as well as providing some ammo for stepping into your God-given purpose. And toward the very end, Chris shares some true confessions, as well as insight for losing that mom guilt. And there's also more information on some book giveaways. But first, pull up a chair, buckle your seatbelt, and join us at The Messy Table. Well, hey, Chris, welcome to The Messy Table. I'm pretty pumped to be on The Messy Table for the first time. (laughs) We're so glad that you're here. Yes, so thankful, Christine. You have been just a champion of the local church. Craig and I love you. Life Church loves you. You are truly family in the literal sense of the body of Christ. But then in our hearts, we just connect with you so much because you're so real and so passionate. And you're just a gift to to us and to the body of Christ. So we're glad to get to visit on The Messy Table. That's right. (laughs) So before we get to the important stuff, can you please teach us all how to have this awesome Australian accent? Yeah, you've got to get it right. (laughs) It's awesome. Awesome. That's right. Not like awesome. We say awesome. So just 
It sounds very dignified, don't you think? It does. It does. <laughs> I love it. Any other words that we Oklahomans say that are just like painful? Yeah, you all make me laugh. So I won't go there. But you, you could just learn to say, g'day, mate. Put another shrimp on the barbie. <laughs> That's right. That's <laughs> then it. we're golden. Can you say it? Put another shrimp on the barbie. Put bar- another shrimp on the barbie. Oh, no. Lord. Oh, okay. Oh, I'm dear. just, okay. <laughs> That's like got more Put of a British accent. Put another shrimp on that uh, barbecue. Oh, no. That yes. was. That was, that was that was sort of a Texan twang onto an Aussie. Yes. Okay, we might move on. Okay, well, will you just give us a quick introduction of you and your life and just kind of a glimpse into your world? Sure. You know, um, well, I am married to the single most ravishing piece of masculine flesh on planet Earth. <laughs> and uh, his name's Nick. We've been married for 22 years. And um, he truly is the the love of my life mm-hmm. and just an amazing, amazing man. I always say, you know, uh, he loved me to wholeness in many ways. Jesus used Nick to um, really love me to wholeness. We've got two beautiful girls, mm-hmm. my Catherine Bobby, who's 16, and my Sophia Joyce, who's 12. And they are just a delight and um, both very different, very funny and great, great girls. And we have a dog, Ezra Blake. And so that took them a lot of years to convince me to have that. And so but, <laughs> you, you caved. Know, I, I caved. And so Ezra Blake's part of it. So Nick and I um, oversee the A21 campaign, which is a global anti-trafficking organization. Amazing. And mm-hmm. so um, God has been very gracious. We're in 15 countries now. And just seeing amazing things happen with that. And uh, we obviously propel women. Yes, which is, I've yeah. been before. It's amazing. Have you enjoyed it? One of the Activate events. It. Okay, you just made my day. I think I was at one of the first ones you wow. did in Tulsa. It was several okay, years ago. Yes. Okay, it has. So they were like our Activate events and lots of different facets to what we do. But I think at the um, end of the day, what I'm really trying to do is help women internalize a leadership identity. What I mean, I mean, you could be a stay-at-home mother homeschooling 10 kids mm-hmm. or, um, you know, a corporate CEO. And just here is my bottom line, that we are all followers of Jesus. And as a follower of Jesus, our primary goal in life should be to lead other people to Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Therefore, that makes us all leaders. Right. Just because that's about as complicated as Amen. it gets. And, um, and of course, I, you know, I have a daily TV teaching program, speak at conferences, write books, kind of do that as well. You know, just these tiny little bitty things. Well, you know, I've been doing it for a long time. You know, I mean, I went before anyone was inviting me to speak anywhere. I was speaking to trees and having altar calls. <laughs> I mean, I, remember, I was 22 going into our local park, um, teaching sermons and then having an altar call with the trees. They all got saved. It was fantastic. <laughs> so you have quite the story. Mm-hmm. Can you give us just like the highlight reel? Yeah, I can give you a highlight reel. You know, it was... Um, a, I tell people I, I kind of fit every government funding category in Australia because I'm the kid that was left in a hospital unnamed and unwanted when I was born. I I don't have a name on my birth certificate. It says child's name unnamed, uh, number 2508 of 1966. Mm. So always very sobering, you know, kind of like to – I didn't find that out until I was 33, but that's another story for another podcast right. at another time. <laughs> and then, you know, I grew up second-generation migrant Greek in a time when Australia was very divided over – you know, kind of immigrant issues and migrants coming in. And so I was very, very marginalized. I didn't speak English until I was five. Mm-hmm. And I, um, in a culture that didn't really esteem women, I think in many ways, you know, uh, Greek Orthodox culture was just kind of very male centric and a woman was sort of there to be a lean, mean breeding machine. And that was mm-hmm. kind of um, that. And I think, you know, a, a very important component is that for 12 years of my life, I was sexually abused uh, at the hands of four different men repeatedly. And, Mm. um, you know, I think that really messes you up. I I was a a young Mm. woman that was very full of pain and anger and shame, especially Mm. um, guilt in a big way. 
uh, sense of condemnation, very bitter. I mean, there's the flip side of all of that too. There was a lot of pain for what had been done to mm-hmm. me. And then um, when you don't have the right coping mechanisms or the right healing tools, you can become very full of bitterness and anger and resentment and unforgiveness. And I could definitely say many, many years of my life were full of those qualities, you know, and so, um, and that translated into the relationships that I had. There was a lot of brokenness and, you know, even when I came out of the season of being physically being sexually abused, when I was no longer in that environment, um, the consequences of that left to themselves are very damaging. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I was very driven, very performance oriented, uh, somehow trying to prove my worth. You know, in, the, right. in, in me was a very broken young girl mm-hmm. um, wanting to be loved, wanting to be affirmed and yet too scared to let anyone close. So really it wasn't until I truly encountered Jesus Christ when I was yes. 21. So, you know, that's now 20, 31 years ago that everything changed. To me, Jesus is everything yes. because Jesus um, not only forgave all the sins of my past, he also gave me a brand new life. I didn't have mm-hmm. to wait till I got to heaven mm-hmm. um, to be healed and whole, mm-hmm. that uh, he began a healing process in my heart. And I think, you know, Jesus Christ shamed, shamed at the cross. He I love that. Lifted, shame, broken shame. It. <laughs> yeah. That's good. That, well, that's what he that. did. He just, yeah. like the Bible says, he disarmed all those yeah. powers and principalities and um, he bore our shame, Scripture says. In, and I think sometimes um, if we underestimate what actually Jesus bore for us on the cross, mm-hmm. then we don't live in the freedom we can live in here on earth. And I think a lot of my life that you see the freedom with and, and the fruit of that through A21 and Propel, my marriage, most mm-hmm. importantly, my, yes. my, my mothering, um, uh, had I not encountered Christ and then allowed him to begin the sanctification process in me, mm-hmm. um, then I would be saved, but I don't know that I would be walking in the freedom that yes. I could be walking in. I am so glad you said that allowed him. Talk more about this, Christine, because I feel like I know women who say, I, I love Jesus and I'm a Christian, and they've had a past maybe somewhat similar yeah. to yours, just littered in pain. But I unfortunately don't see every mm. woman being so free as I know right. that you are free. Yeah. What do you think that is? Um, what would you say to these women to help them to sure. to walk in the freedom that Christ gives us? I think it's a great question. And so I think you have to fundamentally in your heart believe that God wants you free. You know, Galatians 5.1 says it is for freedom yes. that Christ set us free. And I think a lot of times we... Um, we underestimate that. I think we just, and particularly right now, we're living in a, a very strong victimhood culture mm-hmm. where, of course, I'm empathetic and compassionate and mm-hmm. I know what it's t- to be on the rece- on, uh, on the other side of the pain. Jesus was compassionate. He was so compassionate in the scriptures that he set people free. It's yeah. not that he left them bound. <laughs> it's like, you know, everyone he encountered he and he healed them all and he made them whole. And um, But I think what it comes down to, the best way for me to explain it is a uh, a few years ago, I snapped my ACL. I had an accident and I had to have an operation, a hamstring graft. Mm-hmm. And so when I came out of surgery, my PT came into the room and he said to me, Mrs. Kane, technically now your right knee since the operation is actually stronger than your left knee mm-hmm. with the hamstring graft. Mm-hmm. But here's the deal, because I had such a serious accident, I fractured my knee, I snapped my ACL, my MCL, tore my meniscus, I did it all. So if I was a professional athlete, I probably would never have gotten back on the field. But um, he said to me, most people, even normal run-of-the-mill people, do not fully recover from your the kind of injury that you had, not because they can't, but because they won't. Mm-hmm. Your knee is now technically stronger, but 
Mrs. Kane, your accident happened in an instant. It was a ski accident. Mm -hmm. He said, so the pain happened like that. It just was a quick snap and it happened. He said, but here's the deal. It is going to take you several months Mm -hmm. of intense therapy every Mm -hmm. day for your knee to regain its movement. And I'll never forget these words. So Mrs. Kane, you have a choice. You can recover completely or partially. Mm -hmm. You can recover quickly or slowly. It is entirely up to you. The degree to which you are willing to embrace the pain of recovery Mm -hmm. is the degree to which you will recover. And I would say, um, you know, when I wrote my book, Unashamed, that was where I really took some chapters to go. It wasn't easy. I wish I could tell you. I went forward on an altar call. Some hyper anointed preacher prayed for me. I fell over, got back up and went, well, I'm healed. It was, but it took a lot of years for destruction to happen to my soul. Mm -hmm. And it took a lot of years for healing to come into my soul. And I mean, intentional, working with Jesus, working with the Holy Spirit, being accountable to a group of Christians. You know, Mm -hmm. sometimes you don't have the strength to even be carried to Jesus yourself. You need four friends to pick up a mat and drop you through a roof to Jesus. So I've had some very close friends that when I've thought, I can't make Mm -hmm. this, you know, and and the fact is, that it's an ongoing process. Like what people think now, Christine Kane, you know, you have a global ministry. Yeah. You, mm-hmm. uh, What do they yeah. think? Do they think that I'm so healed that I don't need help the every day? Right. Like I'm going, okay, I think I have a recognition that I am only ever mm-hmm. one thought away from going back to how I used to think. I'm only ever one act away from spiraling. So mm-hmm. I need help. I need yes. to be accountable. And I have no problem putting up my hand. I mean, just before we did this podcast, Amy, you and I were having lunch. I shared something I'm going through right now. And you're like, come on, let's pray. Like I'm like the first to go, heck, I'm not like above anything. I need prayer. Mm -hmm. I need help because every day the enemy would love to shame us. Yes. And um, because his goal is to keep us walking wounded. I think the older I get in Christ, Mm -hmm. the more I realize I didn't even realize why God wanted me so free now Mm -hmm. because I'm going to go to heaven. If I'm saved and we're sealed until the day of redemption, I believe that once you're saved, you know, Jesus has your soul. We, we, I am going to go to heaven, but you can go to heaven free and healed or you can go limping all the way in. Now, a lot of us go, well, as long as I get in, I don't mm-hmm, care. Sure. But, you know, I've lived bound and I li- I've lived free mm-hmm. and I know which I prefer. And I look, my daughters could have had a psycho mother, basically. Yeah. Like yeah. they could have. My husband could have been paying for something he never did to me. Mm. So if I didn't find healing, there are so many women with my kind of background of, you know, especially sexual abuse. Absolutely. Who their marriages, their poor husbands were not the ones that did it, but because the woman won't go and get healing or wholeness and she brings that baggage into the marriage bed, he's paying for something he never did. Their children are paying for something they never did. And I realized when I was, and I think the Lord, he's so gracious and so gentle. Mm -hmm. There are degrees of healing. So when I was single, I really wanted to be healed. And I knew then I had a calling to teach and, um, you know, to, to write. And so I knew that I needed to be healed because I was, I was still, uh, full of anger and brokenness. Now, again, I didn't know what the root of it was. And it's kind of like, you know, the Lord says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul. Now, a lot of us, um, and love your neighbor as you love yourself, I think a lot of us, we don't realize when we're born again, um, if we came to Christ with a wounded soul, 
our spirit is born again, but our soul is still wounded. Like, I mean, once I prayed the mm-hmm. sinner's prayer, my soul didn't get healed. So mm. the minute I prayed my sinner's prayer, I mean, my Jesus, I was heaven bound, but my very, very damaged mind will emotions, my soul realm that was so damaged, it wasn't healed when Mm -hmm. I prayed the sinner's prayer. It needed work. Mm -hmm. Um, My wounded soul needed a lot of work. Yeah, it's such a good point. And so in that, and he created us body, soul, and spirit. So I don't know how we don't understand this because my spirit's born again. But, you know, if I had cellulite on my thighs (laughs) before I prayed that sinner's prayer, that cellulite was still on my thighs after I prayed the sinner's prayer. Now, until I stop eating the Krispy Kreme donuts and get on the treadmill, you know, that cellulite's coming into the grave with me. Um, And so body, soul, and spirit. So my spirit is born again. And Mm. I think, and so you imagine, I think we forget, it's kind of like, so what we do is we go, okay, my spirit's born again. And we don't understand why we're so broken and we don't even really like ourselves. So we try to hide it. We keep Mm -hmm. going shame. We keep going more and more into hiding about all this stuff. And am I really a Christian? Because I'm still struggling. And I listened to Pastor Craig's sermon and then I tried to apply it Monday. But by Tuesday, my evil twin sister was back out and off. I lost it again. The crazy showed up. And most Christians, they basically exist here on earth sort of visiting God maybe Wednesday night, Sunday, just trying to make it between visits Uh as if Uh somehow we're still prisoners with visitation rights. Jesus didn't call us to visitation rights. You know, the Bible says in um, most of us visit Jesus, you know, on a Sunday and try to make it. And um, but, you know, the fact is that the Bible says in John 1, 14, I like in the message, it says the word became flesh and moved into the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Now, Jesus doesn't want us just to visit him on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. He wants to move in Monday yes. through Sunday into every area of our heart and soul. And I think this is the challenge why a lot of people don't walk free. I led him in. It's very painful because I'd spent years building defense mechanisms Mm -hmm. that um, to protect me from the pain of people. You can do that through your career, through your money. You can do it by living vicariously through your children, your (laughs) your marriage. I mean, other things uh, as well as the obvious, which would be maybe sleeping around, drugs, alcohol, whatever it might be. There's we always go to the obvious ones, but you can be hidden in plain sight in a lot of other places. And women become good, even our busyness and our cooking and our washing and our ironing and our cleaning. We can just hide behind all of that um, because you don't want to deal with it. You don't want to let Jesus in. I can I can handle it on a Sunday for an hour. Well, you think you having a visitor Mm -hmm. come to your house? What do you do? You clean your lounge room. Mm -hmm. You go into the bathroom. You get rid of the sandpaper and you put really nice soft toilet paper, you know, and then you you have the really good cookies, not the cheap ones, and you tell your kids if they touch them, they're dead because these are for the visitors. The visitors <laughs> only can eat. And then the visitor comes at the appointed time. They, you know, kind of go through their deal and then they leave. It's all polite. You've cleaned up and they they just stay and then they might go to the restroom and then they leave. Compartmentalized. And, oh, totally. And then the minute that – and you can put on a really good act because you've threatened your kids. If they misbehave when the visitors are there, there's like no Christmas presents for the next 45 years. You know, like it's just kind of like – so everyone's on their best behavior. Mm. And then the visitor leaves and – like World War Three breaks out, yeah, they're basically driven out of the driveway, and you're like, okay, I think that's how a lot of us are. We could be driving to church on a Sunday, and I mean, we've nearly committed murder in the car. We have nearly killed our spouse, our kids. Um, we've said a lot of four-letter words. None of them are love. None of them are in the Bible. We pull into the church parking lot. And then that spirit of hypocrisy just comes upon us and we get to the foyer. <laughs> you know, one of the hospitality people, the greeters is there. They're like, how are you? Fine. I mean, I'm blessed. Uh-huh. I'm sanctified and justified and redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. They're going to kids' church. You know, mm-hmm. you're listening to church. I worship you, almighty God. 
I can't stand my husband. He's not getting any for the next month. You know, you're saying all this <laughs> while you're worshipping. It's all going on in your brain. Um, Pastor Craig preaches a sermon. You know, you barely get into the car. You haven't even closed the car door and you hit your husband. Did you hear what Pastor Craig said? Every word. It was for you. Every Ooh. word. You know? And um, <laughs> normally you could kind of put on your Christian act through Sunday lunch. You can get through Sunday, but then you come to Monday and then you're wondering why you've exploded again. Mm -hmm. Why? And you hate yourself. You get to Wednesday and you go, I've been doing this for 10 years as a Christian. And then you think it doesn't work and you think Jesus does. But what has happened is you've reduced your Christianity to visiting God on a Sunday right. rather mm -hmm. than allowing the Holy Spirit to come in every into those those dark places. We all yeah. have them. Where And so where Jesus is trying to heal me, but Jesus cannot heal what you won't reveal. Right. And so you've got to reveal it and bring it into the light. Yes. That Now, of course, that's exposing and painful yes. and vulnerable. And not everyone's willing to do no, it. No, and if you are, I'm here to say, you know, I'm a testimony of the grace of God but it was painful. And can I say I'm 52 yeah. years old? I'm yeah. 31 years down the track. And the more I want to be even freer and the more influence I have on the earth, the deeper God goes, the yes. deeper in terms of um, digging out places where I thought, wow, didn't even realize that yes. that was an area that was still, it yes. might not be obvious to the masses out there, sure. but it is like, it, the Lord's like, Chris, I'm not doing this to hurt you. I'm mm. doing this to heal you. Mm -hmm. And um, it was like the PT, mm -hmm. this is going to be the pain of recovery, Chris, is going to be yes. a lot more than mm. the pain of the injury. Like biting the apple is easy. The consequence of sin yes. is very long-term, you know? Yes. So I think where maybe we have believed the lie and we live in it. It's not just in the church. I think in the world where it's just, let's just medicate this. Let's just numb this. Exactly. Let's just, and I think a lot of what we're talking about is we mm -hmm. are numbing, try, mm -hmm. we're numbing the pain, but it's like, you know, when I had my babies and they're giving me heavy drugs, that doesn't mean the pain's not there yeah. or the injuries. Mm -hmm. It just means that you, I can't feel it. And I right. think we've got a generation walking around and they can't feel. And eventually... Um, that stuff is going to wear off and people are going to go, what has happened? It's mm -hmm. broken. It's not. And can I just say only Jesus can do that and yes. no one is as tender as him. Yes. No one is as gracious as him. Mm -hmm. I mean, I could cry because no one is as loving as yes. him and he will mm -hmm. never shame you. You can trust him with your pain yeah. yes. and he'll bring wholeness, but but it is painful. Yeah, it's for our good. Yes. Mm -hmm. So you said a couple of things. First, I can totally resonate with the knee. I've had ACL <laughs> reconstruction as well, so there I you have go. had to push through the pain as well. Wow. Um, have a couple screws in there from quite a while ago. Um, and we're then, not power chicks doing this podcast. I know, right? Start limping around. No, we don't have to limp. Come That's on, right. we don't have to limp. We don't have to limp. It's a choice. <laughs> and then you just spoke to our church and you said, I took note, so you're talking about the enemy. You said, if he can't get your soul, he'll try to get your fruitfulness. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of what you're speaking towards right now. Yeah. Let's, he's trying to make us ineffective. You might be saved, but like, let's try to let's push just keep them down. You, and let's just keep you a victim. So, mm -hmm. you know, there's a great parable that we all know. I mean, great story that about um, the man lying by the pool of Bethesda. And the Bible says, um, you know, there's five porticos and there were multitudes. Of, mm -hmm. I mean, read the scripture. It says multitudes of invalids because misery loves company. And Jesus goes to him and he says, you know, do you want to be made well? Yeah. Do you want to be healed? I because love that. the issue is, and he didn't ask the multitudes, he asked mm -hmm. one. And he had some excuses. Yeah, he doesn't even say yes. You think like, man, dude, 38 years. You yeah. think you'd say yes, but the first thing is like, I've got no one to put me in the pool. Everyone else gets there first. Well, I think we're living in a culture of outrage right now that is all about yeah. that. Well, it's not my fault and everyone else gets in first and it's the system's fault. And you go, whoa. I could blame all this. I, I fit every government funding category in Australia. Mm -hmm. I'm a marginalised, oppressed, dispossessed, poor, abused, adopted, ethnic, minority chick. 
Yeah. I can make a fortune on government funding <laughs> because they fund people like me and they give me a label and they say, victim, come back next week mm. and receive a check and mm-hmm. we'll remind you of what your label is. Mm-hmm. But I read my Bible and my Bible right. says he's redeemed yeah, my life amen. from the pit, yes. that I don't need to live as any kind of victim, but we are more than conquerors through yeah. Christ Jesus who strengthens us. And I think a testimony to our generation is that Jesus does deliver, Jesus does heal, mm-hmm. and it is to our Father's great glory that we bear much fruit. Mm. And I think... Um, at the end of the day, when it comes to a believer, um, like we said, if the enemy can't get your soul, he wants your fruit. Because imagine if I stayed on that mat. Now, I would have found a lot of people, even in the body of Christ, that would be saying, well, poor Chris, of course she's on that mat. She was sexually abused by all these men. Mm -hmm. Of course Chris can't submit to authority in church. Look what authority did to her. Of course Chris um, couldn't get married to a man. I mean, are you kidding me? Look what men did to her. Mm -hmm. Of course, I mean, we so over-empathize that we keep people on the mat Mm -hmm. rather than going, um, yes, let's acknowledge injustice. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Let's right wrongs. But the only way we're going to do it is by knowing what the standard is, is hang on. There is a man Mm -hmm. who came from heaven to earth, who hung on a tree for all of my sin and iniquity and the brokenness of humanity. And he is the only one. No other person on this earth is going to be able to vindicate me, is going to be able to make those wrongs right. So I can either carry my anger to the grave. I can either lie on that mat forever Mm -hmm. and um, complain about what happened to me. But there must come a place for everyone, especially Christians, where we make what Jesus did for us bigger than what they did to us. And until you can learn in your life to make what Jesus did for you bigger than what they did to you or what they said about you, then you are never going to walk in victory. You know, the way is narrow. I don't know Mm -hmm. what makes you think. I think it's always the harder way, but the life of the freedom, like I'm 52. And I think if you look at my husband, by God's grace, my children, and then the ministry that the Lord's allowed us to be stewards over, And I look at other women that are my age that have gone through what I've gone through. I'm not saying, of course, I'm not putting everyone in a category, but I can say by and large, Mm -hmm. in my own personal experience, I've certainly lived a a way more um, peaceful, joyful, Mm -hmm. love filled, Mm -hmm. all the fruit of the spirit. You know, you, you, I think what we forget sometimes is that Jesus actually came to give us a taste of heaven. We pray your kingdom come, your will be done here on Mm -hmm. earth as it is in heaven. So people go, Chris, do you really believe you can walk in freedom? I go, yes, it's an ongoing journey. Um, I'll know the fullness of it on the other side of eternity, but I've already stepped into eternity. Mm -hmm. I'm already living. As soon as I got born again, I love that word. You know, I'm going to bring it back to the church. You're going to start hearing a whole lot of sermons. (laughs) I didn't like the way I I was born the first time anyway, so I like being born (laughs) again. But I wish if we understood the power of that, that behold, Um, Old things have passed away. All things are made new. We are a new creation. I think if we understood truly Mm -hmm. that what it is to be born again in the spirit, and I'm not a citizen of earth, I'm a citizen of heaven, so I have access. I have access to freedom I won't find here. I have access to forgiveness I won't find here. I have access to every spiritual blessing, the Bible says, that's, Mm -hmm. you know, mine in Christ Jesus who's seated at the right hand of the Father. So I just made a decision I was going to believe it. Mm -hmm. And I I made a decision. I remember, I remember, literally remember a conversation with Jesus at about 22. And I had a friend that was into kind of Zen Buddhism, New Age. Mm -hmm. And I went, okay. If there is no difference, and she'd, ex- she'd experienced abuse in her past too. And I remember saying to Jesus, if there is no difference between me and her, because she was still so full of bitterness and I was still so broken. But I went, you have got to show us and me that this is 
all real and there really is a life beyond our past. Or And I said to him, or I'm just going to become a Zen Buddhist because what mm. is the point of being a Christian if there is no, if this is not real, <laughs> yes. if this book is not real, if your power is not real? Right. If but this if, it is, is. if it is, you've got all of me. And I'm telling yes. you, that was a conversation 30 years ago and I've spent the last 30 years of my life on planet Earth, going to every continent on the Earth, going, this is real. I feel like mm-hmm. Peter and John in the book of Acts, I think Acts 4, where they all looked at them, the you know, the, the religious men, the Sadducees and the Pharisees, and they says the Bible says they looked at them and they saw that they were unlearned and mm-hmm. uneducated men, but they could see that they'd been with Jesus yes. and they were trying to silence them. And they said, oh, you, whether it's right for us to talk, you know, that's knock yourselves out, but sure. we cannot help but speak of the things mm-hmm. that um, we have seen and heard. Mm-hmm. I feel the same way. Mm-hmm. I may not be the sharpest knife in the drawer, but I know who I've been with and yes. I know what I've seen and I know what I've heard yes. and I would declare that from the mountaintops. Yes. It's so obvious. Yes, it's Jesus, but you have chosen and allowed him mm-hmm. to work in your life and it's through planting yourself in the church, planting yourself around other believers, planting yourself in the word, that the truth that sets you free. I mean, you're quoting scripture after scripture because you're living and you're planted in it. So that's that water, the living water just flowing out of you and 30 years in, you're flourishing. Mm-hmm. I just celebrate that and and how that's impacted us and how, how, how it has impacted the church. Let's shift gears and talk about the church. Oh, and yeah. What's going on? You see a lot of the church because you're planted in Hillsong Church, but you also serve the body of Christ mm-hmm. all over the world. What do you see that's going on that is exciting to you or alarming to you? Or what, what's on yeah. your heart you want well, to share? Well, I love mm-hmm. it. You know, I'm always going to see the glass half full because Jesus is always doing something and he loves his church and I love his church. And um, I think, Amy, you picked out on a really big thing. Apart from surrendering my life to Jesus, um, the single most important factor to my healing over 31 years is that I've been planted in a local church and I've sat under the faithful teaching of the word week in and week out and, um, you know, applied things and listened to things that I may or may not have liked. I think one of the challenges is now we can just download whatever sermon we want that's going to tickle our ears that, that, well, this is meeting my needs. You know, I think as a mother, when I feed my kids every night, I'm not asking them, uh, what do you want me to feed mm-hmm. you necessarily? <laughs> I know if they need broccoli, whether they like it or not. Here it is. Um, and so I think when you're planted in a church, there's going to be times when you don't feel like broccoli, but broccoli is exactly what you need. And yeah. so I think it, it has helped my accelerated my healing process and being in community and being under authority and submitted, um, that has been as crucial as any other thing in my life um, and more crucial even than therapy or anything like that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I've had both, but you know, the, the, the ongoing commitment to church. And then what I'm seeing now, you know, because I, I work, I mean, there, I, I understand that there are segments of God's church that, you know, he's really cleaning house at the moment and that's mm-hmm. necessary and um, it breaks my heart. You know, the, the Bible says that when one part of the body suffers, all of the body, I've probably mm-hmm. wept more this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I have such dear friends in so many different streams of the church that that have just been going through it and been going through it very publicly. Um and it breaks my heart because it's like, you know, I, and I think ever since my ACL injury, oh, I certainly understand it doesn't have to be a very big ligament. It can be a tiny ligament mm-hmm. that's in pain and it affects the whole body. So yeah. I, I grieve anytime any part of the body's in pain. Um, but, you know, 
Nick and I just do laps of the globe across the whole global church, and I am excited. She is growing. She is thriving. Mm-hmm. She is magnificent. Mm-hmm. And um, if you just spent your time limited to social media, you might begin to think that she's all falling apart, and it's uh, it's not the case at all. I mean, there are aspects that are unhealthy in God's you know cleaning house, but uh, by and large, I'm watching young people by the multitudes come into the house of God and want to be saved. And you know, the Bible says where there are no oxen, the stable is empty. And so those of our churches that have got uh, full stables have also got a lot of oxen and dung that comes with That's it. Right. So, yeah. you know, there's, there's always a Part lot to it. clean up. And so yeah. you just go, you know, what would I rather have? A nice clean house that's empty or a full house where the kids are breaking stuff and the, and you go, you know what, Chris, just love it. So yes, mm-hmm. is there mess? Yes. Is there complexity? Yes. Mm-hmm. Is someone going to get it wrong? Yes. But right. by and large, it's just that the beauty of kingdom, the beauty of like your own house. You mm-hmm. know, you, I love it when all my daughters and they they stink. They come after volleyball. And I mean, I'm telling you, there is a stench. Mm-hmm. They, my kitchen is empty. They'll break something. And mm-hmm. but would I trade it yes. for an empty no. house? Never, never. So no. you just go. Well, there was a mess and a stench in the early church. Read the Bible. Hello, hello. Just look at it. It doesn't it's mean just, it wasn't real. <laughs> it means it's alive. Yeah. That's my bottom line is it means it's alive. Living and things so make messes. I, they stinky do. Things. Yeah. And I think, you know what? There's nothing in me that's perfect, perfect. I mean, I aim, I want to be conformed and transformed sure. to the image of Jesus. I want to be being sanctified daily. I want to be holy as Christ is holy, but I'm not there yet. <laughs> yeah. So I want to zoom in a little bit. Obviously, people see you now yeah. and you have a huge influence in the church, which is awesome, but you're also just a regular real person yeah. and we all know that. So a lot of people get to see world changer Christine Kane, but there's also wife Christine Kane and mom Chris Kane and just you got to shower and do all the regular things that uh-huh. anyone does. And so I guess what I want to know is, one, what was that conversion like when you did accept Christ? Because I'm sure that you were a fierce child as well. You yes. didn't just suddenly have a personality you know, right. change. And then also, just what does your everyday real life look like? Um, it's quite simple in many ways. Okay, so my conversion was a little bit over time. Uh, you know, I was so full of shame. Passion is not a personality type. Passion is is a byproduct of an encounter with Jesus Christ. And so I think you can be whatever number you want to be on the Enneagram. I think, I think <laughs> yes. we have to, you know, sometimes we, we we sort of limit things to what are you on the disc profile or is this your love language right. or is this the Enneagram number? And I'm like, you know, you encounter yes. Christ and it just yeah. – it, it just. I heard someone recently, though, saying that if they hadn't have come to Christ, that they would either be in prison or running, you know. <laughs> the mafia. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'd probably be dead because, I, <laughs> yes. and I mean that, because I was on a path to destruction and I just, um, you know, I was in a, a relationship that was destructive and I was so tormented, yeah. like, mm-hmm. you know, very driven. Like, I, I mean, I guess if you're asking me, you know, would I have been a successful businesswoman? To a degree, yes. Did, you know, did I get a degree? Was I an athlete? All of those things, yes, yes, and yes. But I would have uh, self-imploded because I was running so hard to try to run from the pain mm-hmm. um, that eventually, like so many people, you go, my gosh, how could they be? So at the top of their game and then they commit suicide. Mm-hmm. I think I would have been one of those people is what I'm, I'm saying in that way. Highly successful, but, but it would have ended bad because it just I, I needed someone to take my shame and my guilt and my pain mm-hmm. and only Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Only, only Jesus. There's no one's shoulders on this in this world that are big enough to carry the, the bear the burden of that. Only mm-hmm. Jesus of Calvary yes. could bear the burden of that for any of us. So I think it's when you realize that, you know, it's, it's um, where it went. And so... 
I say to people, I live a very simple life, not easy. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, we work. Um, I, I'm a very big believer. You know, first, my, my scripture for life is First Corinthians fifteen fifty eight: be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, mm-hmm. uh, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. I believe God, I believe, of course, we are saved by faith through grace. Sure. Um, but. We're saved by faith, Ephesians 2, 8, for Ephesians 2, 10. We are his workmanship created for good works that God okay. prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Um, and, so, you know, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of mm. the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is never in fire. You let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. And mm-hmm. so we have an aversion to work. We've had such a big teaching about, mm-hmm. oh, so there's a different thing about rest is not the antithesis to works. You rest so you can work. That's why and you he have works, a Sabbath day. He works yeah. in us. He works in us to outwork, but we also have to work. And I think even when we're talking about healing, it yeah. takes work. It's, yes. it's, you know, it's, people go, is it all God? or Well, it's all both of us. He created yes. me. He's working mm-hmm. in me, in my weakness, his power is made manifest and strong, but I've got to work with him. And I think a lot of us are just lazy. We don't want to work <laughs> mm-hmm. when it comes to kingdom work. We're called co-laborers with Jesus, not mm-hmm. co-stars. And so it's very important that we labor. Why would he call us a co-laborer if there wasn't labor? Mm-hmm. Um, so he like says that. the only thing he tells us to pray is the harvest is plentiful, the laborers yeah. are few. There's a lot of Christians. It doesn't say the Christians are few. It doesn't say the churches are few. It doesn't mm-hmm. say the music is few. It says the laborers because there's not wow. enough Christians mm-hmm. willing to work. Therefore, Therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send forth labors. If there's one prayer that I try to pray every day, that's the only prayer Jesus told us to pray. Mm-hmm. When he taught us the Lord's prayer, he said, pray like this. This is how you pray. But what he, when he told us what to pray, mm-hmm. it's only once. Therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send forth labors. I think we mm. would revolutionize the church on the planet if we all prayed that one prayer every day. If we don't pray it because we realize we're the laborers that he would send and we're the yeah. answer to our own prayer. And so we, right. we we all want, we want to be co-stars. We want to be co-managers. We want to be co-leader. Mm. No, no. He says, actually co-labor, would that be enough for right. you to co-labor with the God of the universe? But so I say all that to go, so I am unapologetic. I love the US Marines. You know, they have a, the, the motto is no one ever drowned in sweat. I think that'd be a good motto for the church. No one ever drowned. A bit of hard work. I don't know what we think. I think we get, what we have um, confused is the whole issue of salvation. Of course, that's not through works. Of course. But there is work to do. There's work to be done. There's work to be done. And I'm like, I don't get, I don't get it. And I'm 52 and I get it even less. Mm. I've fought against that my whole life because people are like, you know, Christine, you know, you do too. What do you mean you do too much? Like, what am I going to go? Life is short. When the Lord says, well done, good and faithful, well done. Not well said, not well tweeted, not well blogged, well done. Mm. I don't mind. I've thought about this. I don't mind if I get to heaven. And Jesus says, Chris, honey, you could have had a few more days off. It's okay. I, I oh, wow. would much rather have that than, you know what, sweetheart? I gave you a little thing, vapor called life, and you were you more it. worried yeah. about your days off, your Netflix binge, your sporting, hmm. your nail and manicure while people were dying, mm-hmm. while people were going to it. I gave you a vapor and you just were more worried about mm. your own rest and your own balanced mm-hmm. life. Really, yes. Christine? I don't think you he's going to say that. No, no, you think <laughs> I put you on earth for balance? Yeah. yeah. When you've got eternity? That's Are you good. kidding me? 
<laughs> to live poured out, there's not balance in that. There's nothing, it's like, oh, there's no, half. Totally. Oh, there is so no good. balance. There's no balance this the side Christian of eternity. life is a radical life. Of course it is. It's like I don't actually even understand what we're looking for. Balance with scales um, means that they're not moving. Mm. I don't want to be not moving. I want to be going forward. I'm not right. like like looking for this, you know. And um, it's so short. Mm. I remember when, you know, I went to my mother's funeral about um, almost two years ago now, like, you know, just about. And so they buried her where my dad was buried. And, you know, I've got my daughters there. And as they're burying my mum, I just felt the Holy Spirit, you know, just kind of going, Chris, you're next. Not in a morbid way. No, mm-hmm. I mean, a way that we would all be thinking if you bury your parents and you've got children, you're thinking, I'm next in this in the generational, here, line. In the generational line. And I can't, it's like for a moment, God let me feel, you know, you don't get this often in your life, but every now and again, you have moments that you just go, you just feel this urgency for eternity. Some, mm-hmm. Somehow you're just kind of not in time anymore where you go, this is going to be over really soon. You just, you know, it's not morbid. It's just like a reality right. of eternity. I think of that stuff all it the time. Is. And I'm yeah. standing at my mum's mm-hmm. graveside and I can just say in that, I had this like this 10 minute sort of moment where I'm like, literally I'm saying to Jesus as they're burying my mother, am I doing, show me anywhere that I'm not serving mm-hmm. you. Like literally yes. I was, that's what I was saying is go, yes. show me anywhere, anywhere you want me to go, anything you want me to do, anyone you want me to reach. I don't care about temporal things. Just show. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, and people go, well, Christine, that's fear. It's not fear. Mm-mm. It's a healthy sense of, I want to fulfill my assignment. I'm not at all fearing whether I get into heaven or not. That's mm. not the issue. <laughs> that's not the conversation right. we're having. What yes. a small conversation to have is that one. It's like, it's important. Mm-hmm. But I think we're forgetting for those of us that are believers and yes. have been around, there is this thing called eternal rewards. Yes. For every man, Hebrews says, has been destined to die once and then the judgment. Um, we're not talking about heaven or hell. We're talking about a judgment mm-hmm. for the life I've lived as a believer on earth. And I think we're so scared of teaching that. And I'm going, I'm not going to be accountable before God to go, that's in the Bible. I hope you've got some crowns to cast before his feet. I Mm, hope you've got some reward. I hope all of us, I mean, I'm talking to us as much as anyone. Absolutely. I sit so much of my life, girls, is so public. I get so many accolades. Do you realize Every time I get a round of applause, which is, you know, almost every time I speak, I'm sure the Lord's like, well, Chris, I hope you're happy with that because your reward, you just got it. That's it. So I hope you're doing some stuff that nobody sees Mm -hmm. so that you are actually storing up some treasures. But you know, one thing I love about you though, is that when you do get public affirmation, you point it back to him and not everyone is. So thank you for that. Oh, well, you're awesome. But let me just say that is also the only reward. I mean, if, I mean, what a, for a world that's wants, you know, likes on social media Mm -hmm. or followers Mm or accolades, I'm like, y'all, Whatever you get here, I hope yeah, you've enjoyed it because you just got it. Like yeah. that's it. Right. And you better be doing some stuff that yeah. nobody knows about that is going – I mean, I, you know, I hope I'm not being too serious here. Like, When I got saved, I got saved. So the the reality of heaven, hell, temporal, eternal, it just hasn't left me. I'm 31 mm-hmm. years on and you go, oh, Chris, you're just like a freak. Like I have been for 31 years. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. I feel like every day is a gift. I feel like I, I don't fear death and I know I don't. Like even when I got the cancer diagnosis, there was not an issue of like, am I going to die? We are all going to die. Are. 100% Christians are like, of our people. That's it. I'm like Christians and they're like, what if I die? I'm like, honey, just yeah. stay here long enough. You will. The issue yeah. is not if we're going to die. The issue is did you live the life you were called to live here on earth? That is what gets me more than whether I'm going to die. It's like I don't want to stand before him and go, Mm. you know, I I didn't do it all. Like I could have, no reason not to because I was too busy blaming the perpetrators of the abuse. Well, you know what? 
I turned 52 this year, so I was abused for 12 years. So nothing's ever going to change that. Mm. The blood of Jesus doesn't give you amnesia. But I, <laughs> yes. yeah. I haven't been being abused for 40 years. So why am I going to allow 12 years to define my – I'm sure Jesus would be like, honey – I died on a cross so that those 12 years didn't have to define the other 50 years of your life. But we've got people that have allowed one moment, one incident, one day, one season of their life define Mm. their entire life on this earth rather than allowing the one moment at Calvary and then, of course, the resurrection power to define. I've chosen to live my life from the place of victory of Jesus rising again from the dead rather than Mm. from the place of defeat as if he never went to the cross and rose again from the dead. That's right. So obviously your passion for Jesus (laughs) and for people. (laughs) No, I love it. I love this. Um, Obviously your passion just fuels your life. Practically speaking, how do you stay focused? Yeah, there's lots of good stuff. So um, I eat relatively healthy. You know, I do 80-20 rule, which means 80% really healthy and 20% whatever I want. And so <laughs> yes. I, and so I believe that because I think otherwise if I live too strictly in that, then all I'm thinking about is the, you know, one chocolate bar. That. That, and if I just I go 80-20, I mm-hmm. find that I probably really do 90-10 really, but, mm-hmm. but I have freedom. So I eat healthy. I sleep well. Uh, you know, I get a good night's sleep. I try for seven hours um, well every night. I um, run or do one for I do one hour of cardio a day, whatever mm-hmm. that might be. You know, I speak very quickly about the physical side because at my age is really real my thing. health is going to determine how long I can go. And mm-hmm. um, when I was in my 20s, you know, you could get away with zeal and passion and no sleep and mm-hmm. 25 cups of coffee and, you know, <laughs> but it's it just, it's not like that anymore. So you go, okay, the the clock, I'm now, I'm he- by God's grace, I'm very um, healthy, but, you know, this thing's done a lot of miles and it's my temple that's going to take, I don't know how long mm-hmm. I've got. So i got to look after that. And I'm in the word, however that might look. Again, um, because I travel so much, you know, I have friends that get up at a certain time, sit in the same place, have their 30-minute quiet time every day in a certain way. Um, I find my intimacy with Christ it's like my intimacy with Nick in terms of it's not the same way every day. You know, there's mm-hmm. like we connect in different ways and are different. And I find that with the Lord, um, it's like that as well. Now, of course, I'm in the wood. Look, I and it's hard. I, I never want to put guilt on people. I think sometimes if you can read a scripture, you got young kids, you're trying to get mm-hmm. off to work, you know, a woman listening to this. I, It's not my goal to put guilt or condemnation on anyone. I'm like, whatever it takes to, but you've got to get that word in you, whether it's a verse, a passage, mm-hmm. you know, so for me, I really silence the voice of the world because I, I, I can't, I'm, I really limit. Listen, I'm, I'm more strict on myself than anyone else. I watch very little television. Um, I listen to very little news enough, of course, cause I'm speaking into things all the time, but it affects my spirit so deeply. Mm-hmm. Like it, it really me affects too. me. Um, and I, I just can't, do all of that. I can't carry the emotional stress. Um, and I'm Greek and volatile. So when something's just stupid, I, I mean, I, I could have an opinion. It's not good for anybody. The less I know, the better for everything. Um, like everybody else, you've just got to put your own guardrails up. Mm, you and, um, you know, I, I don't have time to live my own life if I spend all my time scrolling through someone else's life. Mm, and so yeah. I think it's really important that, you know, you kind of uh, do all of that. So it's just healthier for my soul mm-hmm. that I don't do that. Um, but I think the day you no longer have a real conscience and that you cannot right. have a sensitivity to the Holy Spirit, I would think that's where I'm dangerous. Mm-hmm. So it's not about what mm-hmm. you do and what you don't do. So yeah, I'm as vigilant about what I keep out 
right. as much as about yes. what I put in. Well, I've got immoral to say, or not, just yeah. the busyness or like you said, if I watch something, if I get into a show, which we yeah. rarely watch TV as well, but if I do, I wake up thinking about it and it. I want absurd. more. I get so into it and I'm like, what yes. am I doing with my life? Yes. So, and the series, because it keeps going oh, on. Keeps, you don't just have the two so hours. So it's good to on. have stuff to do downtime. There's yeah. no doubt about it. And, and all that. But again, it's not just endless, mindless nothing. It's like that's our, it, it's, it's intentional yes. downtime, but stuff that won't deplete me either where right. then I'm lying in bed going, why did I do that? Like, you know, yeah, why? Right. And, and I don't need certain things in my mind. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, I've, I, that's good. At this age, it's I, simple, but yeah, it's so I do. Good. I think I've been saying Let's this to it. kids at youth camps mm-hmm. for 30 years. And <laughs> yeah. I, I'm sorry. I don't know. Whoever's listening to this, I might sound really boring to say this, but I have a abundant life. I have a passionate life. Yes. I love great food, great friends, great life. Um, but there's not enough space in my soul or my mind. You have shared so much wonderful truth and just your heart and yourself. And I have been sitting here like a bobblehead because it's so good. Mm. And I'm agreeing with everything you're saying so wholeheartedly. Um, Okay, Christine, we're mamas sitting here and we're wondering, tell us a little bit about family life for you. Okay, now you got to understand, Amy, you asking me this question is making me laugh because you are like <laughs> the queen mother of mothers that mm, we all true. kind of aspire to be like. So <laughs> you have been such an inspiration oh, to me. Literally, you, and to this day, I'll never forget when we were at a, a round, particular round table and, um, you know, some people were sort of really questioning, could I really be a good mother because of what I do in ministry? And you just sort of like, shut the whole thing down. Here you are uh, at the time stay-at-home homeschooling mother and you just kind of jumped right in to my defense and I'll never forget it. And we're just like, oh, I know plenty of stay-at-home homeschooling mothers that are not good mothers. It's got nothing Mm -hmm. to do with whether you're working full-time or whether, Mm -hmm. you know, it was just a fantastic moment coming from you because motherhood is not about that per se. Um, It's certainly an attitude of the heart. And, you know, the one thing I probably never thought I would be was a mother. And I think with my background, Mm -hmm. um, I didn't think that Nick and I, when we got married, didn't think we would have kids Mm -hmm. because we both uh, thought we would be missionaries in a really difficult country and that we weren't going to have kids and just kind of, you know, do it all. We still are doing it all just in a different way and with children. My husband is the 14th of 15 children. Um, So, you know, his mother had 15 full-term pregnancies in 17 years. Yeah, so there was like no television in that part of Australia. And so, um, you know, he comes from that kind of family and it had its own challenges, you know, 15 children. So he was kind of like, you know what? I'm happy if I don't have kids because mm-hmm. it was just when you're number 14 in the food chain. Um, mm-hmm. And then I think just because of my background, um, I was the, the truth is I was scared. It was like I was scared to mm-hmm. get married because I'm like, I still thought I've just such used goods, you know, so much damage has been done. I, and it was, so it was very hard for Nick to even get close to me um, because I just had walls of protection that was so high and so thick. And those walls had become a prison that mm-hmm. were keeping me in. But he, thank God for him because somehow God used him to break down those walls, which then, you know, um, we got married and, um, then it was a real challenge at first. Like it was, and I remember God changed my heart first and he just couldn't believe that. Like I'm thinking, yes, we want to have kids. And um, so I had my first child at 35, which, you know, and my second at 40. And I already had a global ministry. We were traveling 300 nights a year as a couple. And um, it was just kind of like a little bit wild. And I remember thinking, 
how are we going to do this? I, I, di- I didn't even know. See, I thought the ministry would stop when I got married, but God had other plans and it went kind of from local to national. And then I thought, well, okay, when I'm going to have my first baby. And then it sort of went from national to international. And then I thought, well, surely with my second baby at 40 mm-hmm. years old, um, you know, then it went from international to intergalactic. And so it's kind <laughs> of like um, all the big stuff. Um, like when I went to a national youth director, that was when I had my first child. When A21 started was with my second child. Mm. Uh Propel started when they were teenagers. Like, it just doesn't make sense. You go, well, so I've given up saying mm. there's nothing else coming because I'm like, okay. <laughs> um, and, you know, obviously a big key for us is Nick. Um, Nick holds everything together. Nick runs everything. Um, I do what only I can do, which means I write my sermons. Mm. I, uh, I teach them, obviously. And um, But Nick runs all our team. We've got hundreds of staff in 15 countries. It's all him, the whole structure, the whole corporate structure so that great. runs what so we do is it. him. <laughs> and um, and then obviously a fantastic team, but he's the, the he's head the of that. Yeah, he mm-hmm. is very much so. I mean, I'm not even on any of our boards or anything. Nick Nick does all of that. Mm-hmm. So um, by choice, you know, I just, mm-hmm. who wants it? I, the man behind I don't the want scenes. Any, that's it. I'm, I'm telling Amazing. you. And in our world, he's not behind the scenes. I mean, he's only behind right. the scenes to the public world, but yeah. in, in our own corporation, he is the head of the, yes. the whole thing. Um so I get to do what I get to do so I can stay healthy. You know, I eat mm-hmm. right, sleep right by so God's good. grace, work hard. Do what you but can do. But that means when I'm in town, I'm at the kids' volleyball games. I'm mm-hmm. at the dance recitals and I love it. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm the loudest. I get Like even now, Catherine's just finished her volleyball and um, – she will like leave me voice notes. Mum, you're coming today. Sit in the back. Don't say a word. Don't you dare. (laughs) Like literally, like don't you dare say anything. Don't embarrass me. Just bring donuts for everyone because they all love you, but don't say anything. Like, you know, so I get the whole um, whatever. And I know I must have really scored when the kids are like, okay, you can come to chapel. Like it means I've I've gotten in. I've really made it. Yeah, I'm allowed to. When I'm allowed to do that. I am and I'm granted access like more than twice this year. So that's that's a (laughs) big. So I've moved in. What it just means is that their friends like me right now, you know, right. so that's okay. And um, so we are together a lot. So you got to remember this. My kids traveled with me exclusively for the first 10 years. So it was mm-hmm. 24-7. They actually had what a lot of kids don't get. They got to see the body of Christ across every stream and we were together as a family Mm, 24-7. So you just go, does it really get any better? So to whom much is given, much is required. I don't Mm. feel – it was never a conflict in my heart. Is it marriage? Is it motherhood? Is it ministry? I don't have a compartmentalized life. I have an interconnected life. I never set it up against each other. My my calling – and ministry is an outflow of who I am in Christ, mm-hmm. as is my motherhood, as is my – I don't have this That's compartment right. hierarchy. I have kind of a wheel. There's many spokes to the wheel. I'm mm-hmm. a wife. I'm a mother. I'm a sister. I'm a daughter. I'm an employer. I'm, you know, all those – I'm an author. I've, I'm all these different things. In the middle of that wheel is a hub, like your spoken mm-hmm. hub. So every day – this is what I mean by simplicity. Every day I just wake up and I aim – for the hub, Jesus, then the oil of the Holy Spirit keeps that wheel spinning. And surely if I'm in my daily disciplines and my daily devotionals, is the Holy Spirit not going to speak to my heart? Chris, Mm -hmm. Nick needs a bit more or one of the girls needs something or something. It's like, so I have found what keeps the wheel spinning is the oil of the Holy Spirit, the Word of God. So it is never 
how much you do for God that will ever burn you out. What causes you to burn out and what causes you to get out of alignment with with your marriage, with your family, with your job, if you're listening to this or ministry, whatever it is that you're doing. It's what you stop doing that causes you to derail, not what you do do. So if you stop your spiritual disciplines, if you stop your church connection, if you stop um, plugging into Jesus, it's that stuff that actually causes you to derail, not I'm doing too much for God. Because if you're doing it all in the right order, as in me and Jesus are connected. I'm empowered mm-hmm. by the Holy Spirit. I'm in his word. Mm-hmm. I'm planted in church with good friends. Well, they're going to be people that are going to go, hey, this is a bit out of order. Hey, I, you might not be noticing, Chris, but you've been gone a bit and Catherine needs a bit. Like, I believe it takes a village. So I have awesome sisters in the Lord that are like godparents to my children mm-hmm. that would take a bullet for them. So mm-hmm. um, it's mm-hmm. like we, we, this thing's all orbiting I love hearing at that. the same time. Because the so, mom guilt can be real oh, and we can all feel so like real. I want to do it all and none of us are doing it all. No, we can't. you don't have to it's travel impossible. and be not to do it all. You could be right here That's in your right. own city um, at home, full time, at stay at home mother, homeschooling and feel the same. Whereas yes. I don't have guilt because I believe it takes a village. And when I'm mm-hmm. at home, mm-hmm. it takes a village. I cannot be everything to my daughters. I cannot right. be their youth leader and their mother. You're not God. I cannot. That's exactly right. So there is a body. So how are my girls best going to flourish? Well, yeah. how my girls are going to best flourish is being planted in a great church, yes. having great young women around them um, that I'm not trying to be God. I'm not their idol. I'll be mm-hmm. a big disappointment if that's the case. <laughs> um, same as in my marriage. I don't expect Nick to be God. God's God. Mm-hmm. So when I don't put that pressure on Nick, that he doesn't have to be Jesus, uh, our marriage great. is a lot more free. As a, yes. um, you know, He doesn't have to be everything to me. Mm-hmm. The, the healthier you are in Christ, the more effective you are as a wife and a mother, no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. And so, so much of our uh, relational fragmentation in our marriages, we complicate it a lot and in our yeah. parenting is because we're trying to either be Jesus to them or have them be Jesus to us. Whereas you go, hang on, get your security, your identity in Christ. I'm my kid's mother. I'm not at this, and especially at 16 and 12, I'm not their best friend at 16 and 12. Mm-hmm. I'm not their sports coach at 16 and 12. I'm a cheerleader, but I'm not their greatest cheerleader. You know, this is my, here's, mm-hmm. I'm going to let someone off the hook right now. You're about this whole, you're going to thank God you listened to this podcast for 7 million hours. All the hours, way to the end. All the way because you, here's the gold. This is what I said to my kids, okay, at the beginning. So my daughter loves volleyball and I love her volleyball mostly. And so um, <laughs> this was my question to her. Okay, Catherine. Is volleyball what God has called you to do? Do you think that this is part of your destiny as a woman (laughs) of God in the future? And she like rolls her eyes. No, mummy. I just want to play because all her friends are playing. My kid, This kid is a social butterfly because all my friends are playing and it's going to be fun and this is what we're going to do. Okay, so Catherine, so let's acknowledge this now. You've got training four times a week. You've got three games a week. And it's because basically you and your girlfriends love to be together and you might your hand may make contact with the ball occasionally if you get on the field and you're okay <laughs> with that. So let, to be clear, you don't believe this is part of God's call for your life. You don't believe this is part of your Olympic athletic sport. This is not part of your prerequisite to get into an Ivy League school. No, mum, no, mum. You could all imagine you're all rolling your eyes and I'm going, great. Then that's awesome, Catherine. I'm so glad because I want you to have things that you love to do. I personally could think of nothing more boring than turning up three to four times a week to watch really bad high school volleyball. And you know what? Every now and again, if I'm in town, 
I'll come and I'll watch your game <laughs> and I'll bring donuts for your team and it will be awesome. But I want you to do this because you want to do it. You have to understand there are other mothers and some of them are going to turn their nose up like, isn't your mother here again? And um, because that's all they live for is to come. And I said, some just actually really love their daughters and they love to come and that's fantastic. And um, there's some of my girlfriends and you can jump in the car with them and go to sport with them. And I thank God for them because that's what they love. And I thank God because this is part of their calling and I love to have an adult supervise you. (laughs) I said, but it's not even in my personality that I would, I said, I'm too performance driven. And if this was going to be like top level, I would probably be into it by choice. I'll come and support you. Some of you mothers are dying because this is literally the conversations I have with my daughter who's at a Socratic learning school. So it's like you can actually dialogue at this level. And I'm saying, so um, you've got a life. And I love it at 16 that you love that. I love plenty of things that you can't stand. And I don't make you come to all the things that (laughs) I like. There are some things we do as a family because that's just what we do. We go to church. We do certain things. Um, But then amongst all of that, each of us have got things we like to do that nobody else likes to do. And we still love each other. And we love each other. And that's awesome. So you go knock yourself out. I will make sure you get to every game and you get home from every game. Um, I make sure that you have everything you need for every game. And then if I'm around and I can come, I'm going to come. But there's plenty of times I'm going to be in town and I'm not going to come. And not even because I've got work, but because I want to go to the spa and have a massage. That's awesome. <laughs> but I've literally kind of like just gone, um, put it out there. and so We um, can all feel free. And she just is, is laughing and my kids love it. And I certainly have had some mothers that have tried, you know, I could see like somehow I'm a second rate mother because I'm mm. not. And I remember one in particular, she was like, oh, you know, we don't see you very much. Um, Uh, this was hilarious. I was going to sign up for a field trip. I can't believe this is like the True Confession podcast. This is normally what I say around dinner tables. I don't really (laughs) often say it on podcasts. um, And this one mother who didn't know what I did at all but was just very condescending, you know, because there's some that just their whole identity and esteem and security Mm -hmm. is that I'm at my kids, everything. I've signed up for every Mm -hmm. field trip I've done. And I'm like, more power to you. I'm glad if that's your call, Mm -hmm. thank you. Mm -hmm. If that's just how you get your significance and security, I feel sorry for you. But anyway, that's the (laughs) – She was like saying to uh, this very sort of condescending, like, you know, oh, we don't see you much, you know, like obviously you're a working woman that just does too. And I'm thinking the whole time I'm thinking of poor single mums that have got two and three jobs and are trying to get their kids in school. And it breaks my heart, that sort of like attitude of like, um, and so I've always decided I'm going to demystify that myth because there's Mm -hmm. plenty of women that wish they could be and they can't Mm -hmm. because, you know, they've got to work two jobs. And so, so she says to me, well, what do you do in this? And I was, I was thinking I was about to sign up for one of the field trips and Nick was standing there and I was just so ticked off. I'm sorry, everyone. Every now and again, I my unsanctified <laughs> side Come comes on, out. Come on, bring it out. And she goes, what do you do? And I just turned and there was no grace and there was no love and there was no, <laughs> my tone was purely reactionary. I'm telling you that. And I said, well, I personally helped to rescue the victims of human trafficking. Have you ever known what it is to hold a six-year-old child that's just, I mean, and I went yes, and in the most graphic did. way oh, of describing, oh, yeah, I mean, oh. I'm telling and Nick, my husband, <laughs> comes up, puts my hand, his hand hands around my shoulders. He's pulling me back and he's saying to the woman, you know, ma'am, my wife won't be signing up for the field trip. In fact, she won't be coming to any field trips anywhere this whole year. That's, that's yes. how it works. 
I love it. We've all had those moments. Yes. That is gold. I love it. Yes. And that's why we all need grace. So uh, This is like family. It's like a family discussion, obviously. Christine, I wish I could have been sitting with you 20 years ago hearing this because I'm so free now in so many ways from the, the mom I used to be, where I thought to be that great mom, I had to do it all. And there wasn't a village. It was just me. And if I couldn't do it all, I was a failure. So thank you for mm-hmm. setting so many free today. Everything you shared was just absolutely powerful, truth-packed, real, beautiful. Love you. Love what you live for. Mm-hmm. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Yep. And we just thank you so much for your time today. Are you kidding me? It's been my honor, girls. You guys are awesome. I'm sorry I didn't let you get a word in practically, but that's, it's my Greek mouth. It doesn't stop. And I'm talking to um, my family, so I just feel so at home. I love you all so oh, much. We love you. I probably had like 20 questions we didn't get to. So, you know, that's for another <laughs> Next day. Next time. Another you day. got that girlfriend, <laughs> yes. literally. All right. Thank you, Chris. Thank, thank, you. thank you. Well, since recording this episode, I've already taught my kids to say awesome the Christine Kane way, and now they think they're basically native Aussies. So there's that. Hey, just a few quick reminders. If today left you wanting more, there is actually more. We mentioned Chris's books at the beginning. You can find those on Amazon or anywhere you get books. We'll also link up her website and other resources in the conversation notes at genjewel.com. And bonus, we're actually giving away two of her books today, Unashamed and Unexpected. Simply share this episode on social media, be sure and tag the messy table, and you will be entered to win. We'll announce the winner next week, November 20th. And if you're enjoying this podcast at all, it means so much when you leave a rating or review in iTunes. Seriously, it sounds like a small thing, but we read every single comment and it actually helps other women find this encouragement. Well, again, we just want to say thank you. Thank you for taking the time to join us. And as you go about your week, remember, yes, life is messy, but God is at work in your mess.